0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, that sure was fun, wasn't it? First round of the NHL Draft, providing us with one of the more memorable draft nights in recent memory. A couple of big surprises on the draft board, a couple of big trades that shake up the Central Division. Plus, at the end of it all, the Preds have their Guy Yokheim Kamel is coming to Nashville. We'll hear from him today on the Locked On Predators podcast.
1: You're Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime.
1: You do. I am Ann Kamel today. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com.
0: Yeah. So uh, the Predators. Get yes. some people say. If it wasn't for the guy that everybody thought was going to go number one falling to number four. Um, the guy a lot of people think may be a steal in the draft. Yoki yes. a Ford out of Finland, comes to Nashville with the 17th overall pick. Uh, a guy a lot of people had ranked in their top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a guy, including our very own Eric Denae, thought was gonna go much higher. Uh, so
1: instant reactions, and seems like a pretty good pick for Nashville, yes. I think this is a fantastic pick for Nashville. And I think, like you said, this totally came out of nowhere. I don't even think Nashville probably had a lot of discussion about this in the sense that nobody thought that this player was going to be around for 17 pick. And I can just imagine them sitting at their table like, don't make eye contact with anybody. Maybe nobody will notice <laughs> that he's still available. Like, you know, maybe, that maybe. Um, I love this pick for Nashville, I think. They got, um, you know, they got obviously somebody with a great shot. That's what he's known for, a great shot. But I also think they have a player whose game they can kind of refine some things. And he can be a really good fit for Nashville. So this was so exciting. This was a complete steal for Nashville. I don't think that they could have walked out of round one feeling better about what they did.
0: Yeah, and it seems like yoking Kamel brings a scoring dimension that the Preds really don't have, aside from a Philip Forsberg, and that yes. he is a dynamic goal scorer. And I think that's something, you know, there, there's a couple of good playmakers in the Predators system mm-hmm. right now. Um, but Kamel really seems to be that missing piece, that guy that can put the puck in the net, uh, very much heralded for his shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of an exciting finisher. We know Eric Denae said he has maybe one of the best releases in this draft. Um, you know, EP e- e- Ringside said he's a guy that anticipates space well, never really gives up shooting opportunities. Athletic calls him an exciting prospect. So rave reviews, yes, across the board, and it kind of makes you wonder why he fell. Because you look at you know some of his stats over the past couple of years, I mean, he scored six goals in five games in the (laughs) under 18s this year, Uh, you know, and and JYP in Finland, uh, 15 goals as a 17 year old in in 39 games. And that's very impressive for somebody his age, because we've seen, you know, we do see sometimes that draft prospects kind of struggle or, you know, not have as big of a role in their first full year at the pro level. And this is a guy who's done very well and was managed to be a death a depth beef for JYP this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is a guy that, you know, ticks a lot of boxes. And, you know, the Predators were in a situation where they could jump all over him and add him to their scoring core.
1: Yeah, I think this is huge. What you said is. Right. You have somebody who comes in and he has just a very natural talent and the pieces that the predators are going to want to develop around his game are something that that are relatively easy, not relatively easy, but easier to teach than the natural talent things that he comes in with, you know some of that shooting and all of that you can refine that but this is somebody who really has um, just an innate talent for that and i think that that's great but this is also somebody like you said he's a boy who has played against men and done very well and so i think this is a fantastic piece for the predators and when you think about where the predators are now obviously you know, this player is going to need, he's going to need some time and development and all that kind of thing. But you can definitely see, as you look ahead, you know, a couple of seasons, you can see where this could be a really important piece for Nashville. And, you know, again, I just keep coming back to, how did he end up still available at 17? I mean, the chaos at the beginning of the draft maybe confused some people i don't know maybe there was a cloak of invisibility we didn't know about but there he was like yeah. shocking
0: yeah and it's it's interesting you know you would think maybe the size could be an issue there you know i yeah. don't really understand why um based on just what we've yeah. seen in the nhl for the past like 10 years um but yeah i mean this is a dynamic score i'm very hyped about this pick I I am so
1: pumped about this.
0: Yes. I mean, this seems like this is going to be a guy that develops into a piece for Nashville. uh, As long as Nashville can kind of develop him the right way. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you never say can't miss prospect never right. in a million years going to say can't miss prospect with somebody drafted 17 because we've seen the predators miss on some can't miss prospects um but this is a guy i have a good feeling about somebody mm-hmm. i do think yet you'll see a big part of the predators lineup going forward Um, uh, he is under contract and the liga team for mm-hmm. for two more seasons so he's gonna have some time to develop overseas um and yeah I mean we should see him in the world juniors coming up here next year see what he can do yeah I mean this is I I feel good about this pick and I think Preds fans probably should too
1: yes I would agree and I again not somebody I think anybody spent a lot of time thinking man I wonder if Kamel would be a good fit in Nashville because I don't think anybody thought There was going to be a chance for him. I think this is fantastic. When he was still on the board and when Nashville picked him, I thought, there's no, you know, that this is absolutely an ideal pick. David Poyle, for all the frustration that I think Predators fans feel for the Philip Forsberg contract not getting done before the draft. And all of that, I think he was still mad about that. Oh, we're still mad about that. But I do think he bought himself a, a slight reprieve because this pick is fantastic. Predators fans should be so excited about this young man. I think, like you said, this is just a phenomenal player, but also a really good fit for Nashville down the road, I think.
0: Let's talk about uh, – let's hear from Joachim Kamel a little bit. We know, of course, Nashville is a team that has a good history of drafting Finnish uh, players. Come on. A couple of good ones on the team. So uh, Joachim Kamel asked what it was like to kind of continue that Finnish tradition here in Smashville. Um, yes. I, I have a watch play, and uh, it's, it's really good to – it's really – Great to be same organization with them and uh yeah. What about Pekka Rinne?
1: I'm sure you know Pekka is such a big name and you know in Finland. You
0: know what do you know about him and just a Um yes, Pekka Pekka Rinne is a really big name and uh, he's a really good goalie and every everyone respect him. Yeah, I was gonna say if you want to get on the fans' good side, um, come on, renee's kudos.
1: Yeah. And I love the little like twinkle in his eye when asked about Pecorine. Like, oh, yeah, I know Pecorine. But yeah. you think about this. This is, you know, a great opportunity for him to come in. You've got UC Saros, you've got Mikhail Granlund, Of course, you have the, you know, legend of Pecorine that just sort of wafts in the air at Bridgestone Arena. So, for a young Finnish player, I think this is a you know it's just fun. It's going to be fun. Nashville loves their fins. Like yeah. we love our fins. So I think it's really exciting, and I'm I'm glad you know Saros and Granlund you know are there, and and I'm sure that that will kind of help be a little transition for the newest, youngest Finn. Yeah. Well, we are not. Finished by a long oh, shot
0: podcast <laughs> because there is a lot of other draft nonsense that oh went on last night uh including a couple surprises at the top and a few um uh, interesting trades let's let's put it like that uh so we'll talk about that in a second first I want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet online betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info they got everything you need uh, major league baseball play or major league baseball wnba mls they got your favorite vegas casino games that you can play anything like that bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information as well including live betting esports scores and more Plenty of props. Uh, if you put money on Shane Wright being the number one pick in last night's draft, which <laughs> was the odds on favorite, I apologize to you. Uh, if you had your eye Slavkovsky going number one, congratulations. Bet Online could have helped you out there. Uh, and of course, Bet Online has plenty of sports scores, podcasts, and news to keep you up to date and keep you in the loop on everything you need to know to win some money. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game, boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. So, we didn't have to wait long on draft night last night, And No. Uh, the fireworks to start. Um, we'll talk about some of the trades that happened beforehand in a second, because, oh, we're going to talk about the trades that happened last night. Um, but the first big surprise, Uriah Slavkovsky going over Shane Wright as the number one pick. Remember, Shane Wright, except, like, exceptional player status in the juniors, <laughs> This was a guy that really for two years people had penciled in as the number one pick in this year's draft. A lot of people were comparing him and saying, you know, he's the best player to come out of the draft in five, six years. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people thought, you know, this is a guy that was going to be a legitimate piece to build around. And all of a sudden at the last second, he winds up falling and Slavkovsky goes number one. We'll talk about Shane Wright's slide in a second. But first, instant reaction to Slavkovsky going number one, and because I know we both watched him in the Olympics.
1: Yes. It was
0: like that was his first – our first indication that, damn, this guy is really good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know what, um, I think everybody just sort of went into this assuming that Shane Wright, like you said, was going to be the first pick in the draft. But I also, you know, if you listened around the league, so many teams were also really invested in Slavkowski. And like you said, having watched him in the Olympics, he is eye catching. And I wasn't super surprised uh, that he was picked first. What happened after that first pick became a little bit surprising. Um, but, you know, even yesterday in talking with Eric Denae, we were talking about the first pick and he said, you know, likely Shane Wright, but wouldn't be surprised if it was Slavkowski. And that's sort of where I was too. I was excited for him. Um, I really feel like he is an, an exceptional player and not taking anything away from Shane Wright. So my initial reaction was like, oh, okay, that's what we're gonna do. And then as the picks, you know, as two and three started going, I was like, oh, because it became a whole thing. It became a whole thing. But as far as a valid first pick in the draft, Slavkowski is a hundred percent a valid, you know, number one pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me. I think what really impressed teams was he had the Olympic performance, which yes. really, I think, first caught a lot of people's eyes and kind of rose him. But, you know, I think he came into the year probably like, you know, top five, five mm-hmm. six, sort of in that range. And I think that was the first time a lot of people kind of slid him up. Uh, and then he followed that up in the in the world championships and, you know, his other leagues with just very, very strong performances across the board against, you know, players, above his age. And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, the Olympics, you know, didn't have NHL players, world championships are kind of like the whatever tournament. You can't really yeah. determine. But if right. you're 18 years old, you know, no matter if you're playing against guys in the AHL or NHL or people in Europe, you know, there is an adjustment to play against older guys, veteran mm-hmm. guys. And Slavkowski went in there and thrived. And I think that was a big indication to me that, you know, this guy might be more NHL ready and ready to excel in the NHL than people thought. And I kind of think maybe that was sort of, you know, maybe the tipping point Mm -hmm. for Montreal, because I look at, you know, Shane Wright, and I think still maybe the best all around player in this draft. I I compare him maybe to somebody like Patrice Bergeron when Mm -hmm. I watched very smart two-way guy um, but I think Slavkoski watching him he's a guy that I think is going to wind up being like a perennial 100 point score like yes. a guy that you know tops 100 every single year is that dynamic score and when you look at somebody like Montreal who even when they were good the past couple of years mm-hmm. even they were sneaking into the playoffs had issues scoring and I think he's kind of going to be that, you know, light up the world pace kind of guy that Montreal needs.
1: And I also think that he, Slavkowski, went in and as he sat down with teams, I think he continued to raise his stock just in the conversations that they were having with him. And, you know, I think he really impressed them. And I'm not saying at all that Shane Wright didn't do that. But one of the comments that you hear is how impressive he is you know to sit down and talk hockey with and i know montreal brought him in right before the draft and kind of had some final conversations with him and I think he really is impressive in that situation to sit and, and get to know him personally, but also to sit and discuss hockey. And so I think he just continued to build, um, just sort of build credit after the Olympics and through Worlds. And, and you know, I'm not surprised. I think he's a really solid number one pick. I think he was a little unexpected, but I, I don't think you can argue his value.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Shane Wright, because I think that to me... Was the biggest surprise. Um, yes, Devils um, and to maybe anticipated Shane Wright being there with number two, mm-hmm. um, but they wound up going defense with Nemech, which is which is fine. Uh, yeah, even our own Eric Denae said you know he had him you know right outside the top two, and he gave that grade an A plus mm-hmm. um, just because you know the Devils now have a pretty good defender to kind of build uh, their, their team around. And of course, you know, they had Nico Heeshire and Jack Hughes up front. Um, right. Probably, you know, didn't need another forward per se, although it's pass on him. The, the, the scary thing to me is Arizona taking Logan Cooley, uh, with number three. I mean, that was, it's interesting that the, the coyotes pick the guy that going into the draft everybody thought they might pick Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't think that would happen with the guy who is number one on a lot of people's draft boards still on the board there
1: yeah I don't think era you know nobody I think anticipated that Shane Wright was going to be available you know after the second pick in the round so it was a little bit head scratchy like okay hey Arizona like But they just really, they stuck to what they were going to do. And it's one of those questions where when you go into the draft, do you stick with your game plan or do you take the best player that's available on the board? They clearly stuck with their game plan. And not that Cooley is a, a horrible pick for Arizona, but it was this moment of like, do y'all want to take a second? Do you want to take a second and just relook? Just relook. I know you had three minutes, but you might want like three oh five on that. But no, they passed on it. And meanwhile, Seattle's going.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and what how about the Seattle Kraken now? Who they got Matty yes. Camiers last year, uh, who is a very dynamic player, and now they have Shane Wright. So all of a sudden, you know, the Seattle Kraken, who completely botched the expansion draft now all of a sudden have two bona fide number Mm. one centers to build around. And, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at a a team with two, um, like a top one and a number two center who, you know, it's like Toronto that can roll out either Austin Matthews or John Tavares. Now they have two legitimate scoring lines that they can kind of build around. And so all of a sudden Seattle Kraken is now back on track.
1: Yes, I mean I was thinking last night as I watched Shane Wright, you know, finally go to the Kraken with the fourth pick. I thought our counter our counterpart Erica Ayala had to be just dying because like you said, you know, you've got Maddie Beneers and now you've got Shane Wright. I mean, that's a 1A1B situation for sure. That's a those are two players that you can really build some things around. So, Seattle had to walk out of that room feeling like it was Christmas. Uh, to end up with Shane Wright at the fourth pick and available—I mean, that was a great, that was a gift for Seattle and bodes well for them down the road. Because, like you said, it was a little—they were a little rough out of the gate for Seattle.
0: Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Um, Let's take a second, Anne, and talk about trades, shall we? Uh, Because this is something that sort of shapes the Central Division now. Um, A couple other ones, but let's talk about the headliner, uh, which was whatever the blue blazes the Chicago Blackhawks were doing yesterday. Uh, Started by sending Alex to it. Uh, to Ottawa for a trio of picks, including the number one pick or the number seven pick in the draft this year, the first rounder, a second round pick later today, and a third round pick next year. Um, underwhelming, a very underwhelming return. And whenever I like see think about this trade, and I don't know if you've seen the movie Draft Day. I have not. It's with Kevin Costner. He's GM of the Cleveland Browns, and it follows him in like the the like the twelve hours from when he wakes up uh, till the day uh, like when the draft pick comes in, uh, and he winds up like trading. Uh, for, he winds up trading three number one picks for the number one overall pick, and his mom calls him on the phone and says, "You sold a cow for magic beans." <laughs> And that's to me. Now, look, here's my thing with the DeBrinket situation, and and you know you can weigh in. and Let me know if you agree with
1: mm-hmm.
0: it. The Blackhawks, I get it. Like I get what the counter argument to this is, which is you know he's going to be a restricted free agent next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blackhawks probably don't want to pay him the nine million or dollars or so that he's going to be worth. Um, but if you're a team like the Blackhawks, you desperately need players to build around and you don't need to go searching in the draft for Alex to bring it. When you have Alex to bring it, you have a legitimate 40 goal score, a guy that really doesn't need help. I know a lot of people are saying, Oh, well he's just that good because he's playing with Kane. That's fine. But if you watch him play, he has a lot of dynamic to his game. Um, and so to trade him, who's still young, he's 25. I get it. I know that's older than some teams want to build around, but he's, you know, realistically, you know, if the Blackhawks rebuild, you know, if you can maybe hit some home runs and some good trades here there, maybe five, six years, you're close to contending again. And to it you know, on the wrong side of 30, but still very much in his prime. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you would give up on a player like that for let's be honest was a bad package like yes no and that's the thing i know that the blackhawks wanted to kind of sell now to get back into the first round Uh, there's some players they they liked in the draft i get that but it, it just seems like this was a trade for the sake of getting a deal done because i would like to believe there was a lot better help that was out there for Alex to bring it.
1: I agree. I was really so shocked when the, not when the trade happened, because I think that, you know, this was something that everybody in the NHL kind of figured was going to happen, but the return on it was really surprising to me. Like, as you read the return, I kept thinking, is there another comma? Like, is there another, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, is, there's it. got to be. And did you forget the last part? Because yeah, it really felt like an underwhelming deal and not at all. Like, um, I said, as we were kind of chatting offline with our, on the four check friends, it was like finding a pair of Louboutin heels at Goodwill, like (laughs) sure. I'll pay 20 bucks for them. You know what I mean? Like I I was so, I felt like such such a bad deal for Chicago. And I understand, like you said, all the reasons why they're looking to maybe trade him. But why is that the return that you settled on? Like it just, it just really, it made no sense to me. No sense to me at all.
0: Yeah. It it seems like it was a desperation play to get into the top 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, But like, like we said, it seems like there were, you know, even maybe wait till after the draft when things, yeah. I mean, it seems like there's better teams out there that are willing to you know pay to win right now that would right. have given you a much better deal. Yes. Uh, but, but you know, that, that's my two cents. Again, I understand why the Blackhawks made that trade. Uh, I don't agree with it. Uh, mm-hmm. One, one trade they did. I think kind of nail was getting Kirby doc, uh, sending him to Montreal for a first round pick. Uh, In this year's draft and another third round pick, Kirby Dock, you know, he was kind of like a big player on the market. uh, You know, the number three overall pick a couple of years ago, but somebody who really hasn't found his footing in the NHL yet. And the Blackhawks were able to swap that for, you know, another first round pick.
1: Yeah, this isn't nearly as embarrassing a a deal. It's a little bit, I will say this one's a little bit sad for me because I really feel like, you know, Kirby Dock is a really talented player. But so much about success in the NHL is timing and location. And he just probably needs a different fit And, you know, again, this gets the Blackhawks back in the first round for another pick. And I'm telling you, I think Montreal had to be putting their feet up and smoking some serious cigars after last night, you know, because with how this whole first round played out for them and coming away with Kirby Doc and feeling like, you know, this is not a bad deal for either party, not a bad deal for either party and hopefully will be, um, a good landing place for Kirby Doc, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, certainly still a lot of room to grow. Uh, yes, so that's good for him. Uh, it looks like the Colorado Avalanche have a new goaltender. Uh, yeah. Aval- yeah, Avalanche. Uh, looks like ending the Darcy Kemper error um, era, but I guess it really could be error too. Um, they give a third and a fifth round pick to the Rangers for Alexander Goryev. Uh, sounds like he and Franco's are going to be the number one and number two for the defending cup champs next year.
1: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not the most dynamic duo in net that I can put together in my mind, but you know, I mean, that's a if you're going to split net time and and put two guys together, okay. It's just strange to me. Darcy Kemper just. I feel like he's just unappreciated. He's like one of those artists that's not going to be appreciated until after he dies. you know. Yeah. And I don't mean that like in a morbid way. But you know what I'm saying? How likes? So, I don't mean that in a morbid no. way. But you know oh, how well, i artists... understand. I understood. <laughs> okay. Nothing. You know, I don't wish anything bad on Darcy Kemper. But, you know, this is a, you know, he's a goaltender who, I mean, Nashville can attest to. This is somebody who can play in net at times. Do you, think,
0: do you think it's the socks thing?
1: Honestly, p- put
0: off by the socks.
1: I could not have him on my team under those circumstances.
0: <laughs> it's like, look, Darcy. You know, you you've won a Stanley Cup. We like you, but the socks.
1: It's uh, embarrassing.
0: Yeah, I'm afraid we're going to have to pass unless you're going to. We're going to, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's, for Colorado. I mean, it seems like a cat move. You know, we saw the same thing with right. our last year. It's like, look, you know. Um, respect what you have did. You really helped us, but you know, the team in front of you, that's, what's going to win us the cup. Not necessarily who's in goal. Um, very true. And you know, Pavel Francouz did play very well when he was mm-hmm. in there last year. Alexander Goryev has played well when he's yes. been in there um, a little bit inconsistent, but you know, this is, you know, Colorado kind of has leeway to maybe experiment with some goaltenders next year. Um, And plus, they now have cap flexibility to maybe try to lock up um, some of those free agents because there's going to be a lot of people who need a new contract, quite a happy contract as well. Um, Very true. Yeah. So so interesting there. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a day one. It was a day one.
0: It was a day one. Hey, there's more draft. There's more draft. Round two uh, begins today, uh, probably around the time this is starting, in that mm-hmm. 10, 10 Central. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the draft comes through today. And uh, is there anything you would like to see the Preds do uh, or address?
1: Yeah, I think um, they right now they currently don't have a second round pick, and I think that's okay. I don't want to see them do anything, like, super, super crazy, but I do think their next pick needs to be a defenseman. You know, and, and that's what I expect that they'll do. I expect that they'll be looking for um, a defenseman come next pick.
0: Yeah, I, I think defense, I think a lot of us thought that they were maybe going to go there um, mm-hmm. day one. Um, I don't think they anticipated Kamel falling that much. Um, yeah. I, think, I think defense is still going to be a big theme. Uh, it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the next early ish round picks like mm-hmm. you know, three and four um, come on the blue line and hope maybe you can find a diamond in the rough in that range. Yes.
1: Yes. I would agree. I think that's where most people are going to be looking.
0: Yeah. Well, we, uh, we will be here to talk about it on Monday and uh, there's probably going to be more moves and trades and all that fun stuff um so you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to monday's locked on predators podcast because we are going to be here to recap all the madness and um oh yeah in uh less than a week unrestricted free agent starts and uh philip forsberg's not re-signed yet can't even can't even. uh, so yeah there's definitely going to be stuff to talk about uh (laughs) next week on the locked on predators podcast until then and where can the people find your work online
1: you can find my work at ontheforecheck.com the fourcheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice.
0: I'm Nick Morgan. You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And while you're there, follow the show on Twitter at L O underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment. Let us know what you think of the Joachim Kamel pick. Let us know what you thought about the craziness of the first round. Let us know if you think the Blackhawks made a bunch of dumb moves or if there's more to it that maybe people aren't exactly. Sing right now that's going to do it for today's locked on predators podcast thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day we'll be back monday with brand new episodes recapping the rest of the draft and any craziness that comes out of it we'll see you then
1: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music